Yo, yes, yes. It's your boy T. Tell, Conversation of the Heart, Episode Three. Man, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a loaded one. You know, just want you to tap in and join with us. Uh, there he is, my man, right there. My brother. Hey, my brother. Good to can see hear you. Me? Yeah, I can hear yeah. you loud and clear. You, you can hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Uh, first of all, man, I just want to say, man, thank you for doing this, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for doing the show. Um, you know, so just so for my audience, uh, it's my man Christopher, man, um, Christopher Adamson, man, and, and uh, he's a good brother, co-host of the Rap Lab podcast. Um and uh, and also he works in mental health, um, and uh, you know as a day habilitation specialist, and uh, you know we we want to get into some com- conversation, man. Um, you know surrounding mental health, men in mental health, um, and also just mental health in in general, um, this other uh, stigmas and things like that, you know. But first of all, um, I just want to get started with with people, um, you telling the people, um, about the incredible, um platform that you have uh as far as the rap the rap lab podcast brother because you're doing some amazing things thank you so much for that introduction man it's an honor and i appreciate it the uh rap lab podcast was created by just a group of best friends that have love and appreciation for the hip-hop culture it's kind of mm-hmm. like regular conversations that we regularly have at a lunch table or in school or at work or anything, you know, straight by the water cooler. So mm-hmm. basically, uh, um, one of my brothers, uh, the candy man, Alfred, he's the one who came up with the idea. He said, Hey, you know, I mean, we talk about hip hop on a regular anyway, so let's just, you know, um, have a podcast, have a platform. And then, our our brother T.O., he joined us in mm-hmm. and, you know, we started off with that and then we brought in brother Eric, AKA the Rev Barber MC, who I go mm-hmm. back with for mm-hmm. like um, 20 years. And, you know, he just, he just fit mm-hmm. right in. And all of us together collectively, you know, we just provided this platform just to talk about the hip hop culture, what's going on, debates, topics, fantasy matchups, all that good stuff. Dope, dope, man. Um, shout, shout out to Alfred, Eric, uh, uh, as well, man. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about your day job. You know, as a day habilitation specialist, what is your day like, and what is it exactly that that you do? As a day habilitation specialist, my job necessarily is to provide services and help people with special needs, mostly mental disabilities, such as cases who are autistic or have Down syndrome. You know, just have everyday challenges that may come simple to you and I. And uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've been in this field for about um, 17 years and uh, mm-hmm. I, cur- I currently work for CUSAC, you know, and uh, I've been through all these different agencies and what we do on a daily, it depends where you are because we have adult day hab centers, we have schools, we have 24 seven houses, we have apartments, mm-hmm. you know, so what I do, I work in the classroom settings with the adults and, you know, we go over it goals, you know, stuff that may be challenging Mm -hmm. to them. It could be simple as uh, transportation, 
taking the train, taking the bus, or learning how to count money, or to fold clothes, or hygiene, or anything in that mm -hmm. particular, uh, math, English, science, all of the above, you know, it all depends on what individual that we're working with at that time, and their goals that need to be met. So, you know, I'm really kind of hands on working with everybody and I'm not alone. You know, I work with the team. There's a, there's a whole lot of us that work in these settings. And I'm glad you asked me that because we are uh, labeled and deemed as essential workers. You know, we've mm -hmm. been out there on the front lines, just like everybody else. And, and, and I want to give a special shout out to everybody out there, all the direct care staff that have been working in the houses, working in the apartments, working in the school settings, you know, the media, nobody talks about that. And, and, mm -hmm. and, um, and I think it's a shame that it gets, you know, underscored because, you know, we're out there just like everybody else, you know, just like the nurses, mm -hmm. shout out to them, the doctors, the therapists, everybody mm -hmm. that's been out there from the beginning. We've been out there as well. And you don't get in this field to make money. You know, you want to make a change. You want to make a difference in people's lives. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel, you know, all of us should get our respect, too. Mm. And no, I just don't want it to get it twisted. You guys are absolutely essential, man. And and definitely the work that you guys do, um, you know, does not go unnoticed by by me especially, bro. Um, so let's get into this whole, um, you know, men and in, in mental health. You know, I had the opportunity to um, talk to you uh, to be on your podcast um, last week. So I really do appreciate it. And it was a loaded conversation. Um, it was an amazing conversation. And it's something that I, I definitely believe that everybody should definitely hear. So, you know, if if you can, guys, just go check out the Rap Lab podcast, man. And check out their, their all of, of their shows, man. Um, and definitely cl click on the one with mental health, too, man, because I think it's super Absolutely. important, man. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. So as far as men, you know, uh, in mental health, like, what do you think are some of the stigmas behind that? I think with men and mental health, there is a, there's a stigma that men aren't supposed to be emotional, that men aren't supposed to show feelings. You know, you're supposed to be this mm. tough, masculine, you know, you're not supposed to be expressive into how you're really feeling because, you, because you're a man, you're tough, you know. But I think that's just mm -hmm. bogus because, you know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. And I don't look at it as being emotional, I look at it as being passionate. You know, when you believe in something mm. and something's bothering you, you have every right to express yourself. And everybody expresses themselves different, but it takes a level of understanding. And, you know, I, I have feelings too. And, you mm. know, we all, we, all, we all have feelings and it, and it just takes the right support system to be there for you in that time. And, and as a man, I have no problem expressing myself at all. You know, if, if, mm -hmm. if I'm going through something and there's people around me that I trust that I can depend on, I'm going to vent because I trust them and they're going to be there to comfort me in the end. So I think the stigma is just, you know, oh, you're a man. You're not supposed to have these feelings. You're not supposed to be emotional. You're not supposed to cry. You're mm -hmm. not supposed to be sad. But I think this is totally bogus. You know, we, we, we all feel pain and we all express hurt. Mm hmm. And, you know, I think some of those things are passed down from generation to generation, right? Um, you, and, and you're taught that you're not supposed to have these type of emotions. You, and you're taught that, you know, in order to be a man, it, it means to, to not show emotion, man. You know, but the thing about it is what people don't tell you is, is that vulnerability is power. 
you know um vulnerability um it's the key to healing too you know it's the key to forgiveness it's the key to all those different things and we have to be able to allow ourselves you know uh the grace to feel things you know um you're not tougher because you don't feel right exactly. because you do like no matter what who it doesn't matter who you are you feel right, right? but the difference is do, is there a safe space for me to express it right or do right. i keep it inside and when you keep it inside it causes a lot of now physical ailments too medical problems and and, and things like that you know i think uh you know the certain things for stress that that leads to stomach problems and stomach problems. If you have gut health, if you have a problem with your gut health, that could lead to an astronomical amount of problems. And people don't really even tend to understand those things, you know, like stress and heart attacks and brain aneurysms and things like that. Those things are all attributed to to a lot of times the trauma that we keep inside, you know? Um, So I, you know, it's so essential that we give everybody, you know, uh, a safe space to kind of just say, Hey, you know what, I don't care what gender you are, you know what I'm saying, you should express, if you feel the need to cry, cry, you know, if you feel the need to journal, journal, if, if, if whatever, however way you feel that you need to get things out, um, you know, that's something that you, that you should absolutely um, take care of, bro, um, and having more conversations like these, that, that's, oh, yeah. that's op- you know, that's open and honest, to, you know, to let people know, like, hey, like, you're not the only one going through things. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I've went through a lot of different things. You've went through a lot of different things. We both coped probably in, in ways that aren't so great. I, I know that when I was younger, they were like the way that I used to cope was at the end of a bottle. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I've learned to that that's, not, that, that's def- definitely not so healthy. Right. No, you know, not. that's something that is not the way that things, that things should be done. Um, you know, um, there is therapy. There is counseling. That that's something that people are like. Oh no, I don't know. But no, uh, therapy and counseling uh, is good. I I started to journal a few a few years back. That stuff, man, really helps me. You know, um, and it doesn't make me less of, of a man because I journal. You know, what I'm saying, oh. um, you know, I I don't rap. You know, what I'm saying. So people say, you know, man, like you know, if you rap, then that's okay because you can write things down. But people rap all the time and get things off their chest, they, and they just put it in bars, right? Like that's right. But I don't put it in bars. Yourself, bro. I just you express yourself. Man, your talent. I, I just go. Yeah, you just write. You just yeah. Write but, and, and what? <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. So, but some. But what are some of the ways that 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 you cope, bro? Um. One of the ways that I cope is through exercise. You know, I realize that the training and you know. It could be simple as just jogging, you know, the cardio, Mm -hmm. put that music on, you're out there and you're grooving at your own pace and you're in tune with that music. So when you're running, you're just going and everything, all the problems that you had is behind you. Everything is behind you. You just Mm -hmm. keep pushing forward. Another thing that I did a lot too, when I was going through um, my state of depression was reading. I read a lot and it could be anything. It could be, it could be, it could be stuff that, I don't even normally read. Funny, funny enough, you know, when I was going through what I was going through um, three years ago, I decided to pick up a book on astrophysics <laughs> just mm-hmm. randomly. I said, mm-hmm. you know what? You know, what I'm going through right now, it hurts, it's bad, but this is an opportunity for me to learn and I can learn mm-hmm. new things and excel in a different craft. So I just started picking up different books on history on cooking. I started looking at a lot of cookie shows. They say cooking is therapy. So 
you know, while you're in there, you're in that kitchen, you got that nice glass of wine or whatever you got with you. You got your music playing oh. in the background. You got your food. You got everything prepared, you know. You're in the groove. You're I learned something groove. new you're about you today. There you go. Oh, I learned <laughs> something new about you today. Okay, kitchen, all right. Man. Yes, sir. Chefing, all right. Chefing up in the kitchen, in the kitchen. So, you know, it's the reading, it's the exercise, it's the cooking, and um, it's also meditating. Meditating mm-hmm. helped a lot. And mm. this is this is when you become in tune with yourself because you go to someplace quiet, you sit down, you close your eyes, and you just think. Don't say anything. You just sit there and you just think and you just think about everything and you internalize mm-hmm. it for yourself. There's nobody in your ear. There's nobody around you to distract you. You become one with yourself. And mm-hmm. they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So through your experience, if something comes up and it reminds you of that, you know never to go down that road again because you've been there already. Mm. Man, um, the funny thing is... um. I used to do yoga and meditation at a point too, because I really needed it. Um, but sometimes those two go hand in hand. And, and even so sometimes people tell me, T man, you got to meditate. You got to meditate. And I'm like, man, like sometimes if I don't do it with yoga or something like that, I miss it. But that's right. something too that I definitely, um, I do need to, to, to get back into um, as well. You know, some, some people don't know um, that, that there are layers to depression right? You know, there are some, you know, like there are a lot of people that are are just functioning, right? Like they're high functioning and they can go about their day like it's absolutely normal until they can't, right? Um, But then there are are some people who can't even get out of bed. You know, like like there are some people that can't even just make it out of bed. There's some people who stay in bed for days. There's some people who don't like sunlight. There are people who, like, it just, and, and when you speak to different people, you realize that it's it's different for everybody, Absolutely. you know, um, but it's a real thing. And, you know, people grieve different things every day. People think that grief is, is just reserved for death or just reserved for, um, you know, just, just when a loved one dies or, you know, something like that, man. But people grieve different things every day. People That's grieve right. what they see on the TV when, you know, when an unknown person gets killed. People grieve, you know, just what they see or what happens to, you know, people losing their, their jobs in COVID. They grieve in that. You know, um, right. people, you know, like their livelihoods are being turned upside down every single day by just different things in life. And they grieve those things daily. But we're always taught to keep it moving. You, right. you know, especially in, you know, we're from New York. So you know what it is. It's like, yo, just keep going. Can't stop. Won't stop. And just right. you just got to keep that energy. Um, so when you grieve daily, that takes an effect and that takes a toll. Whether you really realize it or not, that takes a toll on you. Oh, and, um, yep. you know, and people handle grief differently, you know. Um, and some people dismiss other people's grief, like, oh, well, you can't really grieve about that, or you shouldn't grieve about this, you know, or you don't have it as bad as everybody else, you know, and so those things kind of create a lot of, I think, depression in in a lot of people, and they walk around every single day. So in your experience, in your everyday walk and stuff like that, um, what are you seeing when it comes to to just like the, the levels of depression? From personal experience, I was still able to get up and go to work, but I didn't want to be there. 
mm. I would, I, you know, instead of being excited of coming to work and looking forward to the day, I was really mm -hmm. down on myself. I, I would just walk through the doors. I wouldn't say anything to anybody. And I would just get, you know, get straight to it, whether it be paperwork or anything. There's no enthusiasm mm -hmm. in, in, what, in what I usually do. Because when I come mm -hmm. in there, I want everything to be prepared. I want everything to be ready. Everybody's going to come in. We're going to have a good time. We're going to get through the day together. But, you know, when you're going through depression, you kind of just stay to yourself. You know, you're there, but you're not there. You know, you go in there and you just, ah, oh, whatever. Let's just get this day over with. Let's just do what we got to do. And, and at a time, you know, I would just go to work. Then I would just come home. I wouldn't, I wouldn't shower. I would just drink. I would just cry and cry and cry. And I would have all these chest pains and I would just fall, you know, wake up. Okay, here we go. Back at it again. And, you know, so I, I noticed that, you know, when, when people are going through something, they just stay to themselves. They don't really, you know, they're not there, especially when you know how a person works. I'm the type of person that mm -hmm. when I come into work, I like to get things going. I like to get everybody involved. I like to engage with everybody. And at, and at that yeah. time, when I was going through what I was going through, I didn't do that. And people started to take notice. And instead of, you know, asking me what's wrong, that's when the chatting started. That's when people started making assumptions and started doing the gossip and started doing the rumors. And it mm. started to hurt me even more. It made me, it made me more angry and more depressed. And I was like, man, like, mm. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And it gets to a point where we talked about holding it in and trying to function and get through the work. I'm starting to cry at work. I'm starting to break down. I'm starting to hide in the corner. I'm hiding in the bathroom. I'm I'm doing this and doing that and trying to just function enough, looking at the clock, man. I I can't wait to get out of here. That way I could go home and cry again to myself. So it was it gets you know, it it really gets to that point where you're like, mm -hmm. you know what? Why am I even here? So I see that mm. when I see that in other people, I say to myself, I've been there. I know what that's like. Mm. So I see the signs because I've experienced it. Man, um, just what you said uh, was so powerful because it, it brings me to a point of like, if you never went through it, then you really can't notice it in somebody else and you can't lend that hand to, exactly. to somebody else. You know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, um, just when you go through things, sometimes you're going through it, not necessarily to go through it for yourself, but you're going through it at some point so you, so you can help somebody else push through at some point in life. Exactly. That's right. um, you know, and, and I, I know that, that, that that's an interesting way to think about things <laughs> uh, sometimes because it, it, it doesn't make it easier while you're going through it, right? But right. then a couple years later, when you come across somebody who, who needs a word that you have to give them, and you're like, yo, Damn, like, wow, like, yo, if I didn't go through what I went through, I could never have been that blessing for somebody else. And that's but it. you don't see it because no, because yeah, you don't. All you're thinking about now is, is just the things that you've been going through and the things that you've been experiencing. Right. Um, so, right. man, so, you know, so, so when you said that, I was like, man, that's that's real, because now you know what to do. And and exactly. if at nothing else. If nothing else, you have the compassion and empathy for the person. 
That's and right. you know what not to say. So even if right. you don't have the words, you at least know what not to say to them. Um, and that's important. That's important to know what not to say because there are such things as triggers. So whew, when you've been there before, yeah, you say the wrong thing, you, you come across the wrong way, too aggressive. This is at a time where somebody's hurting. This is when they want to be comforted. And due to mm. the fact that you've been there before, you know exactly how to approach this person and be like, look, I've been where you've been. It happened to me. I've, mm -hmm. I, people, you know, people that I grew up with and I would, you know, tell them about it. And they were like, yo, I went through the same exact thing. And I would always ask mm -hmm. the same question. How did you do it? How did you get out of that? What did you do? Mm -hmm. And that's when the sound advice comes in, step by step. And now mm -hmm. you have that connection with that person because you both went through the same thing. And this is the time and the opportunity for you to check on them. Hey, how you doing today? How you feeling today? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? What's going on? You know, are we mm -hmm. are we taking the necessary steps? We're going to have a good one? we like, yeah. So day by day, mm -hmm. little by little, those layers, it just starts to just peel, 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 peel back. And then you get through to the surface. Mm -hmm. And then that's important. So I was thinking about, you know, because one of my friends, you know, I thought about just this thing of asking our friends different questions. Um, we always ask our friends, yo, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. All right, cool, man. Peace. Right. And it's just like very just that, right. Regular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like one of my friends sent me a text one day and it blew my mind because it took me, I didn't know how to answer it because I had to actually think about it. And she said, yo, Hey, what's up King? How you doing? You know, I just want to check on you to see, to, to see how your soul is doing today. So how is your soul doing? And I was like, mm. I was like, damn. I, I, like, I, I couldn't just say, okay. I, I was like, right. uh, you had to think damn, about it. Well, damn, well, yeah, I was like, well, how am I feeling? Well, damn, well, how am I feeling? And I felt like I owed her a real answer. Because, you right. know, that, that, that how you doing question, it's not a real answer. It's like, I could be doing trash, like, feeling like trash. And I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm doing all right, cool. And then that, that's kind of just the end of the conversation. But when somebody asks you a different question like that, it makes you stop and think and say, number one, she's dead. Like, they damn sure interested in how I'm feeling because of the question. Right. And I got to think about it. I got to think about it and then say, man, all right, you know what? How am I doing today? Like, how am I truly feeling today? Because this person actually cares. Because, you know, people think that, that this person really doesn't care how I think. They just want to hear Okay, and then that's and then that that's it. So right. I had to think about it to gather my words, and I wasn't okay that day. Truthfully speaking, I wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. um, there were things that were going on with me, um, and I always have this weird. And I know why she asked me the question because I have this this Superman complex that I have to be that one for everyone, and nobody has to be it for me. And I know what you mean. So when I thought about it, I was so, so and, and I said to myself, that's why she asked the question because she knows me and she knows that I'm always going to be like, yo, I'm straight. I'm good. What do you need? You know, cause right, I got you. Right. But, right. but she said, nah, 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 sir. You about to take this, you about to take this question and think about it, marinate on it and then get back to me. And I did that and it opened up a whole new dialogue b between me and my friend. 
and it gave me that that when I went like when I go back to what I was saying earlier that safe space mm-hmm. to express that safe space because nobody wants to feel like you're always unloading on them and you're being a burden on them and of things course. like that. Nobody right. wants to feel like that. Right. But when you ask different types of questions, it 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 opens the doors, right? It it opens the door for that safe space. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, man, I appreciate it. You know, right. thank you. Um, yeah. It challenges you. And so, play. yeah. So now, so so now, when I have different conversations, I try to ask you different questions. Now, now I try to ask, you know, like, you know, hey, man, like, you know, um, you know. So I just stop, and I'm like, all right. So what can I ask this person? <laughs> that's yeah. actually, it's not going to allow them to give me a generic answer. Right. Like, okay, you know, um, and and before, depending on your friendship level with the person, um. You know, so I try to ask some more um, in, in, informed questions myself. Um, so, like, what do you think about that? Like, like, how do you create safe spaces for your friends? What I, what I do is I try to spark up a conversation regular, just, you know, something that we mm-hmm. mutually like. Like, let's mm-hmm. say I'm talking to one of my friends and I love pro wrestling. Big pro wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely, till this day. I know. And you mm-hmm. know, and I, and you know, let's say one of my close personal friends are also a big wrestling fan, and I know that they've mm-hmm. been going through something. So mm-hmm. I'll spark at the conversation. Hey, did you see this wrestling match? Did you see this program tonight? Or if there's an event, hey, hey, man, you know the show going on, man. How about you and I go check it out? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. instantly, you know. We in there, we enjoying ourselves, we having a good time and everything. And then I was like, you know, you enjoying yourself, you having a good time. Yeah, you know, and then while we're regularly talking, then the conversation comes up. Because it'd be like, man, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so happy to be here, man. I haven't, you know, felt good in a long, long time, you know. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. I've been stressed out. It's like, yeah, why? You know, what's been happening? You know, so that's just when the snowball just goes down. It continues to grow and grow and grow. Now, now we're into the root of the situation. I've taken you out mm. of that stressful environment. I provided you with something that you like and you're comfortable, you're relaxed and you're opened up. And while we're at where we're at, I know what you're going through. I'm going to provide you with something. And you and I, we have this factor where anytime you're feeling that way, anytime you're feeling that pain, you know that you can always come to me and I could always go to you at the same time because now we're all the way open. This is the opportunity to mm-hmm. share experiences. This mm-hmm. is a chance for us to really get to know each other in the root and be like, okay, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm going mm-hmm. through. Yeah? Right. So mm-hmm. that's where the conversation goes together. But I think the environment is a big, big, big factor because now we're at a place where we're both happy. We're both excited. We're both having a good time. We're having fun. We're looking at something that we like. So, bringing mm-hmm. something that bringing something that somebody likes is a is a is a great thing. And I just used wrestling as an example, but it could be anything from a mutual mm-hmm. aspect because you know that right. person and you know what makes them happy. Right. So, best you made possible says she has a superwoman complex. I, I feel you. Unique rose gold queen thirty five says who encourages the encourager. That's a fact. And she said, "No, no close-ended questions." Exactly. Um, right. So I think the World Health Organization 
um, view mental health as as their their definition is pretty much it says the ability to handle um, the stresses of normal everyday life and 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 um, to be able to function and to, to 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 do like your work functions properly and things like that, right? When I, when I thought about that definition, I said, man, um, truthfully, like, what does that mean for us? Um, what does it mean for us? Yeah, because question. yeah, because. A lot of us, and you know, I, I I do mean people of color. We already, we kind of born into the red. We're kind of born into negative situations. We're actually birthed into trauma, right? right? So, and 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 everyday stresses of life for us, right? Like for me and you, right? Uh, let's just say we're worried about being pulled over by the police. Is is that a normal everyday stress for the average person? No, no. That's way. an everyday stressor for us. That's right. <laughs> right. Um, so a lot of times, like we we like, we have to do a lot of work on on unpacking our issues. I think starting from an earlier age, you know, teaching our kids about therapy at an early age, giving them giving them the permission to express themselves at a much earlier age, especially the boys too, um, right. and the girls um, as well. You know, just trying to really get them to a place that they start unpacking their things early. Because when I was working in the, the nonprofit sector, man, um, there were, you know, I, I used to work, work with some young adults. And they, at the age of like 16, they already have like 10 years worth of built up trauma that they never, ever unpacked. Never. Wow. Wow. And it was very detrimental to the outlook on life and the way that they viewed life. And, and you could tell how heavy it was on them, right? Yeah. And I'm like, my goodness, they're 16. Now, you know, knowing you from when, you know, we were 16, I mean, you know, we had, you know, kind of, we had some some stressors, right? But yeah, we was in school, we was, you know, yeah. I can't say we had it, you know, really, really bad, right? Right. But when you actually get out there and you're on the front lines and you're doing work with these people, um, with like with these young adults and you see and you see what they're going through and you see the grief and you see the hurt and you see that none none of these things were unpacked nobody told them that therapy was okay nobody taught them you know that expressing their emotions was a healthy thing that's right and when you're trying to bring things out of them it's it's really really difficult oh, yeah. right oh yeah um and so it's just like, man, like we've got to do a better job of kind of just getting our young people early. You know, like if you don't have a father to tell you or a, mother, or a mother to tell you, I'm going to tell you that that mental health is serious. Like, and I love, you know, you know, physical fitness is, is amazing. I know lots of trainers and boxers and it, it's, it's essential to your health. Yeah. But also it's like, there's always this stigma on mental health. Like everybody says, go out there and get a gym coach. I mean, a, a physical fitness coach. You know what I'm saying? Go out mm -hmm. there and get that personal trainer so you can look good in, in 30 days and stuff right. like that, right? right and which right, right. there is yeah. a place for that, and, and you should do that. You know, mm -hmm. um, they'll tell you to find the best physician. You know, go out, just go out there and find the best doctor, you know, for your physical health. But, but, but when it comes to your mental health, mm. it's like, hmm. That's different. Uh, you know, it's like, I, and it's just like, why? Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
um, it's it's something that there is a stigma, right? Nobody wants to admit, hey, I need to go speak to a therapist. Right. Well, hell, I don't want to admit that I have to go see a fitness coach because I gained 30 pounds during a quarantine, but guess what? I got to do it. That's and right. I'm encouraged to do it. And, and I'm encouraged yeah. to do that because it's like, man, you gained some weight. You got to lose it. You, 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 and it's just like, okay, I get it. But what, but what about the other issues during quarantine? Mm. That maybe exactly. that maybe I'm going through that maybe is a little bit more important than my physical fitness at the time, right? That maybe is a is a tad bit more important than the the, the little belly that I got, right? Because maybe if I address those issues, then maybe I could find it in my way to get out of bed to go get a physical trainer, right? right. So exactly. it's like everything works hand in hand. But we got to be honest, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we got to be really honest with our young people, um, especially, bro. Um, oh, yeah. I just kind of felt the need to say that, bro. Um, I agree with you, so, especially now yeah. with everything going on with education mm-hmm. and the Zoom learning and everything like that. It's, it's kind of interesting because I've spoken to a lot of parents that, you know, that worry about their kids and, and you know, especially having kids go to these schools and, you know, with the COVID mm-hmm. numbers being up and everything like that and, just the just the being in the house and with the Zoom and, and trying to learn and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, understand the curriculum, it's tough. And, and it's a mm-hmm. lot of stress and a lot of pressure, not only on the kids, you know, especially the kids, because they're so young and going through situations like this, it's totally different. Like the COVID era is what is what we can call it. And, you know, knock on wood, God willing, when it's all said and done, Mm-hmm. And we get to some part of normality, you know, mm-hmm. the next generation can look back and read about it and be like, the COVID era, what is this? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's something totally different. Nobody was prepared for this. Nobody. And no, the need that. the need to adapt and the need to adjust to the norm of wearing a mask in the classroom, getting your temperature taken everywhere you go and just everywhere. watching out for the signs and precautions. It's a lot of stressors. It takes its toll on the teachers as well because the teachers are trying to teach. Mm-hmm. You know, the students are not in front of them. You know, it's totally, totally hard. It's very, very difficult. So we're all in this mm-hmm. together and, it, and and it's all a learning process for everybody. And like you said, it ties into everything, everything we do. All the teachers, all the students, all the parents, the friends, mm. everything. It all comes together under one umbrella. And and, and it's it's a challenge. It really is. It definitely is. Um, oh, Best You Made Possible says, that is a bogus definition by the World Health Organization because it does not take into consideration that there are normal, that their normal is a relative term depending on, on race and socioeconomic status. And that's absolutely true. Um, so i got a question. It says, from Unique Rose Gold, Rose Gold King 35 says, as men, what do you feel are some ways that a woman you're dating or in a relationship uh, with um, can get you to open up or discuss what you're feeling? You want to go or... I, or you want me to go first or she wanted to know how how do you get a man to open up if they're in a relationship yeah or to just discuss what you're going through or how um, you feel the best way for me to answer that is understanding don't judge mm-hmm. don't judge somebody from what they go through don't try to put yourself mm-hmm. in their shoes because you're the one that's wearing them. 
You know, when you mm-hmm. when you tell somebody, you know, oh well, suck it up, or oh mm-hmm. you should move on, or just let it go, or just forget about it. No, that's not it. And a lot of times, you know, for a man, hearing that it hurts because it's like, well, damn. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm hurting here. I'm in pain. And you're just telling me just to forget about it after everything that I went through. You have no idea what I went mm-hmm. through. You And that that's mm-hmm. that causes a lot of problems. So mm-hmm. for, for this, for this, you know, in a nutshell is take away the, the gown, take away the gavel, take away the bailiff, take away the jury, the courtroom, all that. Don't don't judge a person. Just listen to them with open ears and then they'll trust mm-hmm. you. And then, you know, that, that will help a guy to, you know, to open up. You you like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. it's comforting. There's, there's no more reassurance for a man than, than, than to have that, to have that comfort, especially from a female mm-hmm. that, that they're with and that they're in a relationship and in a bond with. They're there to comfort this person to get through it, no matter how long it takes. And when mm-hmm. a man understands that and sees that a woman is willing to do that, no problem. Mm. So, I'll say, you know, I think really having a keen understanding of your man and who you're in a relationship with and to understand that what you think he should be doing really doesn't really matter. You know, so sometimes I have, you know, friends that, that say, oh, he's not communicating with me and, and I'm his woman and he needs to be communicating with me. And I say, listen, sometimes just because you have a, a pretty face doesn't mean he knows how to communicate. Just because you're nice to him doesn't mean he knows how to communicate. He might have spent 35, 36 years not communicating. And just because you have a pretty smile doesn't mean that he's going to open up, which is certain things. You know, he may not know how to express love. He may not know how to express sorrow. Um, And he may not know how to express love, maybe because he's never felt it before. And maybe he was never told that he could express it before. Um, So kind of maybe just losing what you think he should be doing or, or how he should react to you. Um, and maybe just understanding just maybe what he has gone through, show interest in, in his past um, to finding out why he is the way he is and not the way that you think that he should be. Um, because once you tear down that part of him and say, and you kind of maybe dismiss him um, a man will shut down, and he will no, and he will no longer trust you. That's right. And it, and I won't lie; it won't it won't take much. Um, as it soon as he not. tries to even open up a little bit, and there's like a, a kind of a shutdown mode or a criticism of certain things because may, maybe he doesn't he doesn't know how that he's gonna go back into his shell more than likely and say, you know what, I'm good. Right. Um, you know, and I, and I because this isn't another added stress <laughs> that I need. Right. All my life, right. um, you know. Um, so I, I think just, 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 um, just knowing that, and and really just kind of just, it's a process too, you know. Um, men express, you know, men do express differently. Um, I like to see. I'm a very expressive person, so I like to express myself, express my feelings. Um, and if I trust you, especially, I gotta trust you. If I don't have a safe space, I I do not trust you, and you I will not open up to you. And that's me right. being an expressive male. 
right? So if I'm not an expressive male, there are probably so many different other layers that you have to kind of get through to, un to unpeel those layers little by little. And it's not going to happen overnight, you know? So no. I say it's just patience, patience, patience and, and understanding. That's right. Um, and, and don't try to push your values on him 24-7. Let him open up to you once he feels that it's safe. Um, right. You know, because that could be being in a safe space as weird as this sounds, can be so unfamiliar that you don't want to be there. Right. It makes all the sense in the world. It really like, does. It's just like, oh, like, yep. like this is, it's like, oh, like this don't, this don't feel normal. No, right. And maybe my, maybe my normal is trauma. Maybe my normal is not being in a safe space. I, I can live in an area, live in a place where, hey, you know what? I don't have to open up. I don't have to communicate. I don't have to express. I'm 36, and I'm okay with that. Right. And that's all I care about, and I'm fine with that. But now right. for you to give me a safe space may be awkward for me. And I, don't, and I don't know how to take that. Right. I got to digest I, that in little bites. You know, babies can't take big bites of food and then swallow because they, they're going to choke. They got to take a little right. bites and little that's bites, right. and, it takes, and it takes them longer to eat. Mm -hmm. But for, for a lot of men, you know, they have built up trauma that sometimes they're emotional babies and not in a, a negative sense, right. but just in a way of they need things to be taken bit by bit. You know, hey, a little bit here, a little bit here. That's right. I, I'm That's feeling right. a little full today. I know I didn't yeah. finish my, my meal, but maybe, but maybe that we could try again tomorrow. There you go. You know, um, steps, so like they said, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, baby steps, man. Um, but that's that's kind of my soliloquy with that. So talk to me a little bit about how um, music has has helped you, um, you know, with, with your journey with, with mental health and ex expression and things like that. How has that impacted your life? The music has uh, impacted my life greatly, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to just be hip hop, even though we do, you know, a hip hop podcast. It could be mm -hmm. any sort of music, any genre. I could tell you mm -hmm. from a personal experience, one song in particular that really got me out of the funk was the song Against All Odds by Phil Collins. And mm -hmm. what really does it for me in any form of music is the lyrics. I pay close attention to what an artist says. And when mm -hmm. they say something, when they say a line or two or a verse or two that kind of mm -hmm. explains what I'm going through, it mm -hmm. motivates me and it empowers me. And it gives me the voice that at that time that I don't have. Like you said it before, when you shut down and you don't really want to say anything to anybody, mm -hmm. you don't want to talk about it. When you put on that song, when you put on those headphones, when you stream it, when you just have it in your radio, and you hear the lyrics that mention what you're going through, you, you start to feel like, wow, somebody gets it. And this is somebody mm. I don't even know. So it just, it, just, it just hits me, like, especially with that song in particular, where he was like, take a look at me now. I'm just an empty space. Mm -hmm. That's the way I feel. I feel like an empty space. Mm. And, to, and to get back to you is against the odds, and that's what I'm going to face. So that means no matter what's in front of me, I'm against all odds. All odds are against me. I'm still mm. going forward. I'm still pushing forward. I'm still fighting through it. 
mm-hmm. no matter what it takes. And hearing that stuff, especially with rappers now switching to rap, knowing what that rapper has overcome and their personal journey and their story, mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, um, LL Cool J is one of my heroes. He's one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. And at a time when his career was being criticized and knocked down and they had all this other competition around, they were trying to just throw him away. Like, oh, well, you know, you don't have it anymore, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then he had a conversation with his grandmother and he was like, grandma, I don't know what to do. These people are counting me out. People are dissing me left and right. What do I do here? And the grandmother just told him simply, oh, you'll be fine. Knock mm-hmm. him out. Knock him out. <laughs> yeah. And then, Look, hey, 19, 1990, one of the greatest hip-hop albums in history came out, and mm-hmm. it just gave that resurgence. And that's that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. So yeah. stuff like that, knowing the stories mm-hmm. behind the music really helped me. And yeah. particular songs get me going. Yeah, oh, man, me too, man. And it, it, it's like you said, you know, all genres, man, because there's something about music that makes you feel good, you know, even if, and it's like a, it's almost like you go into the matrix, man. I, you know, like when I put on like my buds, man, I could be having a bad day. Man, I throw on some Anita Baker, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Everything, everything at that moment, I'm in the matrix. And I'm just like, oh man, like everything is different. Life for that, for those moments feels amazing. Like it feels different. That Rapture album, Anita Baker. Bro, bro. (laughs) Listen, yes. oh, oh my God. I'm with you. And it makes I'm you with feel you. something. You yeah. know, um, it's like LL is one of your heroes. Common is, is one of my heroes, and he's a poet. And when I listen to him, it's like I feel reinvigorated. I feel something different in my spirit. And I'm like, man, like this 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 guy never misses a beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like he talks to me just in different ways. And right. I think we've seen that and throughout the course of our lives, we have a soundtrack for all the things that we've gone through and all the things that have gotten us through. Now, whether that be, right. you know, music, right, and has from 19, for, for me, from 1984, I've had soundtracks for each era that I've lived in that has gotten I'm me through. You. Yes, sir. We ate you know, baby, so and of course. No, definitely. It is what it is, you know. Um, and those are things that, to me, are just irreplaceable, man, because Without music, man, I don't even know where we'd be. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, we need music. Oh yeah, I, um, I don't know either. <laughs> yo, I don't know. It's so I can't crazy. Your life without music. <laughs> oh man, oh, me either, bro. Um, so as far as man, I see. Okay, we got a little bit of time, man. So, um, yeah. anxiety, bro. Like, man, when I was in high school. And even part of my adulthood, man, I man, I had a lot of anxiety just because I grew up with a a speech impediment, and so from like elementary school to high school to college, and and even in my adult life, man, anxiety hit anxiety hit me a lot. Now, again, anxiety like depression has various different spectrums. I wasn't. I'm not gonna say I, I was on a spectrum of just you know medication or stuff like that when it comes to anxiety. But I felt it, and I knew that, man, like, if this is not even on the real spectrum of, like, an- anxiety, man, um, what does it really feel like to be on the spectrum of, of, 
of be, of having to take medication and and having social anxiety and you know things like that um right. because when I was going through it and I would get ready to speak in front of a class the lights got brighter like physically the lights got brighter the sweat started running down my neck um like the the, the words on the pages got blurry like mm -hmm. my heart starts pounding mm. and I'm like oh okay Okay, so let me count the teacher. All right, so the teacher said I got to read. And so now I'm counting the students. All right, so the, 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 there's about seven people in front of me. So now I got to look at the textbook. And I'm like, all right, so that, that's someone the eighth paragraph. All right, let me, <laughs> let me try to memorize this whole paragraph and practice in right. my mind be, before they even get to me. Because now, you know, I, but, the, but let me tell you, the strategy never worked. Oh. It never worked. Because by, by the time she got to me, it didn't matter. Everything, all the strategy was out the window. And, I, and wow. because for me, what then what I would try to do is speed up, you know, how I speak and, and, and talk to rush through it. And, and guess what? As I spoke faster, the speech got worse Ooh. and worse. Man. And because I didn't know at a young age that my feelings and my emotions affect the way I affect the way I speak. I didn't mm. learn that until I was 27 and I had to retrain the way I speak completely. There you go. I didn't speak like this now. Um, when I was 16 and 17 and 21 and 22 and 22, I spoke completely different. I had to take yep. a couple years and, and re completely retrain how I speak to where now, you might you might hear a stutter maybe five to eight percent of the time now, as where before you you're definitely gonna hear a stutter probably about ninety two percent of the time um and so that's how it affected me and and my emotions affected my speech, and when you have anxiety, it affects your emotions and then mm -hmm. so i I didn't understand that right mm -hmm. so um so how has anxiety kind of you know kind of affected your life anxiety it affected my life very hard especially as a kid you know i went through the same problem you see how i mentioned earlier about going through the same thing mm -hmm. the stuttering problem haunted my entire life through my elementary years my high school years my college years and mm -hmm. it was at a point where i was afraid to speak i may know the answer I'll do the research, mm -hmm. I'll do the paperwork, I'll get everything right, I'll do it right. But when it came time for presentations or participating, I didn't want to do it because if I open my mouth, it'll be like a pause, like, uh, 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 and then I'm worried about people <laughs> laughing and I'm being embarrassed and then, I, and then I'm hurt. I'm like, damn, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what I did and now with everything I do now, because I'm much more open much more personal than I was way back then because I was afraid yeah, yeah. to even make an approach because of the stuttering problem and the stammering and all that. So what mm -hmm. I did was the same thing you did. I retrained myself. And what I did was I studied the great speakers. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I realized, like, James Earl Jones, he had a bad stuttering problem, he said in his biography. Mm -hmm. And I would never think mm -hmm. that because, you know, when, when you hear James Earl Jones, he's this powerful voice, like it commands. It's like rolling mm -hmm. thunder. And then 
you know, you got a guy like Muhammad Ali, who's another personal favorite, who I studied tremendously on how he spoke. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when Ali talked, he spoke, he spoke with confidence. So mm-hmm. I took that part. I said, you got to be confident in what you know. You know this. You've done the research. You've done the homework. So I'm good at this. I know exactly what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And another one is Malcolm X. He spoke mm-hmm. with power. He spoke with command. Mm-hmm. He demanded attention. So when you're up there, or when you're doing a presentation, or when you're talking to people, you want them to pay attention to what you're saying. You gain the command of where you are. And just by standing in the room, you stick your chest out, keep your head up, look around. Same mm-hmm. thing with Tupac Shakur. Tupac Shakur said the same thing. And I, I, I studied his interviews. So as... I got older, kept doing my homework, kept doing my research. Then it got to a point where I got a presentation. Cool. I can't wait to go up there because mm-hmm. I know this stuff. I know what I'm doing. So let me go mm-hmm. up there and share with y'all. And I'm having fun while I'm doing it because mm-hmm. I have the confidence now and I have faith in what I'm doing. And right. that really, really helped me out through life. It really did. Going through that, Man, the embarrassment you know, of that, it's it a, Man, that's amazing, bro. Um, let's tell you a quick story. So remember earlier in the show, I said, what you go through now, I said, it's for somebody later. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. Two weeks ago, I had to do a Zoom presentation for a group of, of 11th graders. And they were asking me, what am I going to tell a story on? Um, you know, it had to do with, you know, just storytelling and things like that and and some something about adversity. So I had a couple of ideas. I was going to, so at first I said, I'm going to do this, the speech part. Um, and then I was like, you know, maybe I should change it up and, and talk about career or whatever. So I, I decided to just stay the course and talk about my speech impediment that I had as a teenager. You know, I got a unanimous question that said, you know, was there ever a time that you just wanted to just give up completely? And I answered the question. I really didn't think about it. I answered the question, kept it moving. The teacher, um, said, Hey, can, can you stay after class? Um, Stay after the Zoom. I want to talk to you. I said, okay, cool. Kids go off. And she was like, there was there was a young lady in there who has a severe speech problem. And she was typing to me all of the questions that I was asking you because she didn't want to turn on her Zoom camera. And wow. she was like, this is, this is the most intrigued she's ever been in class. And she said she will fail a class. Even if she thinks that she has to speak, she will fail on purpose. She goes, wow. this, she said, this is the first time she ever showed real interest in anything. And she said, because of her speech problem. And so we talked and she was just like, I can't believe, I, I, I don't know why she said that you, that you took the turn and this is what you were going to speak about. She goes, but even if it was just for her, she said, I'm so glad you did. And and we talked about possibly doing, you know, and possibly doing a one on one with her, you know, on the side where nobody's around and and just having this type of conversation. And I and I got off the Zoom, and I was just like, damn man, like if I didn't go through, push through, and tell the story about how now, fast forward in my life, where now I'm speaking to people, I'm speaking to hundreds of people in colleges, I'm doing presentations on nonprofits, I'm speaking, and I'm actually a speaker, and to actually have somebody tell me, somebody told me two years ago, Terrence, you you are a great speaker, I never thought to the day I would ever hear those words in my life, I mean, in my life, if you could have told me one thing, 
that I would not hear. I would have put all of my money, I would have put all my chips to the table and said, nobody's going to ever tell you, tell me right. that I'm a good speaker. So right. when I told this, those stories, she apparently, she just something changed in her and she was like, okay, well, maybe I don't have to give up. And that's where I'm saying, wow, like, and she also asked me, apparently she asked me, if you could just take, if there was a time where you could just take all of it away, your speech impediment, would you? And I, and I answered no. And I explained why. And then, so now, like, when I'm just putting the piece together after the Zoom, I'm sitting there and I'm like, yo, man, like, if I didn't go through that, I couldn't exactly. be here for this young lady right now. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Why it's whatever it is that you go through, you overcome for somebody else so that you could push them through. That's um, right. And it just kind of goes hand in hand, man, to everything that you were saying uh, as well about the confidence, you know, about all those things. Um, it all goes hand in hand to confidence. And then now when you reach back to pull somebody through to help somebody up and even people that you don't even know. That's right. And that's the thing that blew my mind. You, you know, don't know I was like, I didn't know. Amazing, right? Look how far you've come, man. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and that's not, a, and, and, and believe me, that's definitely not a brag or a humble brag. Like, I'm just of saying, course. like, whatever it is that you have, whatever adversities that you're going through in life, like, man, it, it, it could be for somebody else, for you to be able to bring them through um, because you went through, and now you could pave the way, the way for somebody else. Right. Man, but listen, I, I want you to tell people, because we got a couple minutes left. Tell people where they can reach you. Tell people about the podcast. The floor is yours. Uh, thank you, man. Um, you can definitely check out the Rap Lab podcast on every streaming platform. Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, RSS, Pandora. Just type in Rap Lab. Type in Rap Lab Pod in Google. You will definitely find us. You can definitely look for me. On the name Rap Lab Podcast, you got QG, which is myself. You got the Candyman Alfred. You got your boy T.O. And you got the Rev Barber MC. My Instagram is true underscore G underscore QG. You will definitely find us out there. You can find all of us. And the Rap Lab Podcast, every Sunday, every Sunday we drop on every streaming platform that I just mentioned. We got merchandise teespring.com just type in rap lab pod you can definitely get your merchandise your hoodies your your sweaters your shirts your coffee mugs all that good stuff we're actually going to be on the road in june we're going to be out in atlantic city so come rock with us Big. come out there come Big. see us at the festival we got a lot going on out there more details Yo, listen, man. on our profile but we out there dope bro listen man you guys are doing some amazing things man you're doing amazing things bro want to always give you give you your flowers while you're here bro i appreciate you always bro you're, you're you, an amazing brother, brother man we, we need too, more man. kings like you um you, you know what i mean we honor and appreciate all the work you're doing out here man definitely keep going man keep grinding hope i, I hope that we can do this again because i think oh, more of this type of conversation um is absolutely needed bro so listen thank absolutely. you for doing the show bro i appreciate you baby my guy, anytime. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, fam. All right, so we'll talk right. soon. Yes, sir, we All will. Right. Yeah. All right. Yo, I appreciate you guys um, for joining us. Um, 
man, what a conversation. I really do appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in and, and really rocking with us. Um, and joining into the conversation, man, thank you guys. We'll be back next week uh, with a new guest, man. And, uh, yeah, listen, this is Conversation of the Heart, man. Yo, peace.